This is the Sunday Worship Podcast. Hello and welcome to Sunday Worship. My name is Sam Davidson and it's great to be with you just now. Our guest speaker today is Major Mal Davies. Mal is currently the Corps Officer at City Salvos in Adelaide, Australia. And some of you may remember he served as Editor-in-Chief at THQ in this territory. We'll hear from Mal a little later on as he speaks about generosity and giving. This weekend sees the launch of the Self-Denial Appeal. Self-Denial gives us a valuable opportunity to unite with salvationists around the world, share the love of Jesus and care for people who are disadvantaged and in need. This year, our focus is on the life-changing impact of officers across the globe. By supporting officers to flourish in their roles, we can help them continue to transform lives in their communities. The money that is raised by our territory will be redistributed by international headquarters to the countries and projects that need it most. For more information and to give online, visit salvationist.org.uk. The Bible reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 12. And now... Brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of your grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, See that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. We're not too far past Christmas, and I hope you enjoyed both the giving and receiving of presents on or near Christmas Day. It's a time when many people, even those who aren't Christians, use a specific phrase and they quote Jesus, perhaps not even being aware they're doing so. In Acts chapter 20, we read of Paul meeting with the elders from the church in Ephesus. He gives them some words of encouragement and advice and then prays with them. Included in his talk to them, he says, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is a slightly bemusing quote because there's no evidence in the Gospels of Jesus ever saying this. But then we already know that not everything Jesus did or said was captured in the Gospels. 
And this may well be a quote that one of the disciples heard Jesus say, and they told Paul. Paul, as we know, took it on himself to teach new Christians and new churches about what a Christian life looked like and how to imitate Christ. Part of his teaching was about generosity and giving, moving well beyond the Old Testament measure of the tithe and talking about giving sacrificially. In 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, he offers a range of advice on giving. He speaks of the believers in Macedonia and says they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. In fact, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Note Paul's language here, the privilege of sharing in this service. Not the chore or discipline of giving, but the privilege of being able to participate. Elsewhere in those chapters, he refers to the grace of giving, a lovely phrase. And perhaps best known, he says, each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Paul's advice to the Corinthians is still relevant for us as we seek to live the Christian life. Most of you, I'm sure, will know that the Salvation Army evolved in some ways out of the Methodist Church because of the Booths link. We also talk of a method to being a Christian. There are disciplines to give attention to, praying, Bible reading, serving others, witnessing, participating in worship, and so on. Included in these is giving of our time, talents, and finances. In her 1881 book, Godliness, Catherine Booth wrote, You must consecrate your money to be used for God, committed to God, to whom it belongs. Never fear, he knows your needs, but he also knows the needs of others. And there's that famous Salvation Army word, others. It reminds me of a well-known non-biblical saying, There but for the grace of God go I. Part of the reason we show generosity to others is that we'd like people to do the same for us if required. It's a proverb based on the foundation of the golden rule, doing for others as we'd like them to do for us. Even in this proverb, God's generosity is evident, but for the grace of God. He's lavished his grace upon us and we should desire to reflect this generosity to others. Paul expands on God's generosity in his first letter to Timothy in chapter 6 when he says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who generously gives us everything we need. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I think when it comes to giving, we often start by asking ourselves the wrong question. We ask ourselves, what will I do with what I have, rather than, what will I do with what God has given me? In a Sunday meeting once during a children's story, from the platform, I called out to one of the men in the congregation and asked if he could give me 50 pounds. He promptly came up and gave it to me. When he sat down, I asked him, was it hard or easy to give me that money? He said it was easy. I asked him why, and he replied, because you gave me 50 pounds before the meeting and said to give it back to you when you asked for it. People had a bit of a laugh and I explained to the children and others that it was easy to give something away when it wasn't ours to begin with. Everything we have is God's and so being generous with what God has entrusted to us shouldn't be that hard. There's a lovely anecdote about a father who sent his son off to Sunday school and gave him two one-pound coins. He said, one for the offering, that's God's, and one for you for some sweets on the way home. The boy headed off, but on the way he dropped one coin and it rolled away and down a drain and he couldn't see it anymore. 
After a moment, he stood up, looked up and said, Well, God, there goes your pound. Do we do that? Do we put ourselves before God? Remember how Paul spoke of the Macedonians' approach to giving the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and Paul referred to the grace of giving. So how do you participate in the privilege of giving back to God what he's given to you? How do you bless others with the grace of giving? How do you consecrate your money to be used by God, as Catherine Booth advised? In coming weeks during the self-denial appeal, you'll have opportunity to bless others by using what God has given to you. I pray that you see it as a privilege and as a grace. Some of you will remember Johnny Erickson, now Johnny Erickson Tata. In 1976, she had a fateful diving accident that left her a paraplegic. She wrote a book about her recovery and dealing with the depression her accident caused. It also explained how she taught herself to grasp a pencil in her mouth to write and draw with. Such was her determination to continue to be active and contribute to society. The book, simply titled Johnny, became a bestseller and, most importantly, also included her testimony and witness to how God had used her in days past and would continue to use her even with her new physical condition and limitations. She quoted from 2 Corinthians 12, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Johnny is now a radio host, artist and writer, and is much in demand as an inspirational and faith-fueled speaker. At one Christian conference, another Christian speaker observed her difficulty at simply moving from car to back of stage to change room to platform and so on, and commented to her, Johnny, you don't have to do this anymore. You've been doing this for decades, and between your radio and writing ministries, you give the church so much already. Why persist with this busyness? Johnny thought for a moment and then replied, This is the only time in history when I get to fight for God. This is the only part of my eternal story when I'm actually in the battle. Once I die, I'll be in celebration mode in a glorified body and in a whole different set of circumstances. This is my limited window of opportunity and I'm going to fight the good fight for all I'm worth. It reminds me of the old John Larson song that so many of us knew as a songster piece that said in part, One life to live, a life of God's creating, his loving hand in every part is shown, then live for him and know that he is waiting, new strength each day to give, you're not alone. One Christ to serve, his claim is all compelling, he longs to find within your heart a throne, then make him king, your life for his indwelling, and show to all the world you're not alone. There's a sense of urgency to the lyrics. They capture Johnny's attitude of having one life to live and living it to the full in God's service. As she said, this is the only time in history when I get to fight for God. This reminds me of a quote by former US Christian songwriter Keith Green, who said, This generation of Christians is responsible for this generation of souls on the earth. Earlier I said that God calls us to be generous and that we only give out of what God has first given to us. I also considered Paul's words in 2 Corinthians where he referred to giving to support others as a privilege and a grace. 
So to put together this advice from Scripture and the reminders from Johnny, Keith Green and John Larson about the one life we have to serve God in this generation, I'm led to one question and that is, what life are you waiting for? This is your opportunity to fight for God. This is your opportunity to serve this generation. This is the one life you have to live. This is your opportunity to join in the privilege of sharing. This is your opportunity to bless someone through the grace of giving. This is your opportunity to give back to God from out of what he's given you. So I say again, what life are you waiting for? In coming days and weeks, you'll have the opportunity to consider how you can give to God and to others. I pray that you will do so with Johnny's words echoing in your ears. This is my limited window of opportunity and I'm going to fight the good fight for all I'm worth. God bless you as you seek to share in the grace of giving.
One life to live. O oh, may I live for thee. Give me your spirit and I shall be free. Free from desire, my own way to pursue. Free to obey your will my whole life through. Amen. And don't forget, if you would like more information on this year's self-denial, then please head to salvationist.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and God bless.